Amen, Brother Dave. That was a great song. He is here. I've had a busy week. I know a lot of you uh, might know that the youth go on trips, and we just got back from Springfield the other day. We were at uh, Youth Encounter. Youth Encounter was a great opportunity for our kids to just, uh, man, learn from some good speakers and experience some good music and just to worship the Lord. And we had a great time doing that at uh, Springfield. And, uh, man, this youth pastor got a chance to go counsel. Man, it was awesome. Uh, We went to a big counseling meeting before the whole thing started. And this uh, guy said, well, if we have 100 kids come forward, that would be a great day. And he was prepared for 100. I want you to know, we ran out of slips back there in the counseling room. There was that many kids responding to the gospel in Springfield. I got to cancel our council with four new believers in Christ. And that was exciting for me. And I had two people that were just kind of, man, I need to restir my commitment. I need to recommit. I need to refollow what I've got going on. And man, that pumped me up. I'm telling you, Lord knew what I needed. And uh, he gave me that experience. And I was excited to help these young kids out. And that was a great experience there at Youth Encounter. And uh, I was thrilled to death. We were down in numbers, but man, the commitment and just the kids responding to the gospel was awesome. And uh, I was excited about that. And uh, man, today, Brother Dwayne is kind of uh, picked my scripture. 1 Peter 4, 7 and following. 1 Peter chapter 4, 7 and following, okay? I got some uh, young kids that are going to help me out here in a little bit. Trey and Nick, you guys get ready because I'll need you, all right? Okay, good deal. Nick's shaking his head like he is ready to go. All right. Let's read this scripture. Before we do, uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm honored to uh, be here in front of these people today just to uh, proclaim your word. I just pray, Heavenly Father, that as we proclaim this word today, that we might claim it. We might examine our hearts. We might uh, change something that is inside of us that needs to be changed, Heavenly Father, where you can have more of us and more of a uh, a life to use here on this earth. And, Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would just uh, help us to to cut through and to uh, be understood in what you meant in these scriptures. And I just pray that you give me clarity of thought, that you give me a slowness to speak your words today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, here we go. First Peter 4, we're starting at verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be a sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one of you has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do it so as one who is speaking the utterance of God. Whoever serves is to do it as the one who is serving by the strength of which God supplies so that all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. 
we're going to kick it off. First Peter, he's talking about suffering here, guys. Living the Christian life and suffering. How many of you all sign up? Man, it didn't a real good thing here. But uh, he is saying, hey, if you're a Christian, you're going to suffer in this life. You're going to be under persecution and you need to be a good sufferer. All right. You need to do it because Jesus Christ is our example. He wasn't here to be set on a throne here on an earthly throne. He was set here to die on a cross and suffer our sins. He took on all our sin and he was suffering. But he says one thing, I will return. I will come back. And that's what he's talking about. The end of time here. The end is going to come. Are you ready? Here's a few things you need to do to be preparing for the end. Of, for the end, okay? Here it is. Be fervent with prayer. You might go, Brent, man, that's just basic, isn't it? Well, a lot of us, our prayer lives are lacking. I hate to be pointed, but uh, I'm even pointing back at me, okay? Sometimes I don't spend my life in prayer like I need to. And there comes times in my life when he hits me, when struggles hit me, and I find myself, wow, Lord, I was doing that all in my own strength. I need to lay these things at your feet. I need to be more fervent about my prayer life. And... Uh, you're getting it from Peter's perspective. If you all would, uh, Matthew 26, we're telling the story of when uh, Jesus went to the garden. He went to the garden to do what? To pray. You see Jesus here sweating drops of blood. You see Jesus there going about it, walking out alone from his disciples. Okay? He goes, I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go be with my father. You guys watch and pray here. I'm going to go over here and pray. He comes back in about an hour. What's he find? His disciples asleep. Most crucial time here, guys. And you're doing what? Hey. I had a rough weekend this weekend. I was telling you, I was pumped. I get back home. The Bulldogs are in championship game. Over in El Dorado. Yeah, Mickey's getting it. All right. They're in the championship game. My wife goes, hey, Brent, I really want you to go. I'm going, hun, I got to preach in the morning, man. I don't know if I can be out that late. You know what I mean? She goes, oh, it'll only be 11 o'clock. She didn't really say that. but I said, yeah, it'll be late. So uh, we went. The dogs got first place four years in a row. That's awesome. We also, the cheerleaders got first place. So I was very proud of our cheerleaders. But I got in late. It's about 1130 when I sat down at my desk or my table out there with my uh, study Bible and my stuff. I'm going, Lord, you've been working on me for two weeks before this, but I'm here for you now. And I didn't go to bed to 2.30 last night. So, uh, man, I'm excited, but... Man, when God wants to do something, when we need to really let him take control, are we really willing to say, hey, God, I want to spend time with you. I want to be alone with you. I want you to tell me. If I was going to war or battle or something, I would want to go meet with the general. I would want to tell him what I'm seeing. 
And that's really what God is. He is the commander of my life. And I need to go before him and say, hey, God, I'm not feeling really keen on this. I need you to lead, guide, and direct me to where I need to be to get my spirit in the right place. You see that in Jesus' life. Before he went to the cross, he prayed this one prayer. Hey, Lord, I'm not really fired up about dying on this cross, but your will be done, not mine. A lot of times I think we pray that, but then the Lord comes back and he says, okay, do it my way. And we just say, well, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? We're quick to judge. We're quick to step off the boat. We're quick to get out of the way. And God doesn't want us to be there. We need to be fervent in prayer. One of the biggest things at Judgment House time is our prayer room. Guys, this spiritual battle we do for that whole week. And I can't tell you how many things go awry during that week. Being a leader, I know a little bit of the things, but you guys probably know some too in your house when you say, hey, I'm going to be there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And all the stuff that happens Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday to keep you from getting here. Hey, the devil doesn't want to see it happen. If he can keep you off your knees, he's won the battle. Be fervent in your prayer life. The end's coming. One of the first things, man, be praying, guys. Be praying. Praying for lost people. Praying for yourself that you don't stumble. Praying for opportunities that we can present the gospel. That is big. All right? Big time. But spend time with him, the creator. The one that gave us life. So we can honor him with our life. Okay? Make sense? All right. Second, we're going to turn in here. Getting back to 1 Peter. Above all things, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. In Sunday school, when I was a little kid, Jesus loves the little children. See, I don't sing, but yeah, I know the songs. All right? I sang them, all right? Jesus loves us so much. There's nothing about us that he can't stand. He loves us. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Okay? There was nothing good about us, folks. We were messed up from the get-go. But yet, he sent his only son to die for us. I do a lot of weddings, getting to do a little bit more. One of the favorite scriptures is 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to have Nick come down here. 1 Corinthians 13, I believe it's 1 through 8, Nick. You all probably know this scripture. It talks about love. If I, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not loved, I am only a resounding gong or clanging of a cymbal. If I have the gift for prophecy of uh, can, and can fathom all mysteries and acknowledge, and if I have a faith that can, that can have that can move mountains, but have not loved, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but, do, but I have not loved, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking, it is not easy anger. It keeps no records of the wrong. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where where there are tongues, they will be stilled, and there is not knowledge, it will pass away. That's good. Thank you, Dick. Love never fails. Love conquers all. Can we love this world enough where we can bring the Lord's will in for other people? Can we love in that way? When I was studying for this, one of the things was, is this chapter of love is dealt right in between two chapters in uh, spiritual gifts. It's sandwiched right in the middle. This one on love. That tells me it's hard for me to love without Christ being in there. Right? I love because he first loved me, right? Here's the deal. He also says love covers a multitude of sin. Sin's my problem. Let's say me and Tracy get into a fight. And she does me dirty. All right? She usually doesn't, but hey, this is just forensics. And uh, I get mad. And I go out on Facebook and say, hey, can you believe my wife did this and did that and did all this? All right? And then I don't even go talk to Tracy about it. I just rant and rave to other people, rant and rave about everything else to everybody else. And then I never deal with her. I never really tell her to what's on my heart. Never tell her, hey, that hurt me. That, that wasn't love there. Uh, can you, can, can, uh, you forgive me for that, okay? Or I forgive her for that. And that, that's what needs to happen, okay? But a lot of times we like to what? Hold on to, man, our anger. Hold on to our unforgiveness. Hold on to a lot of things. That's what these rocks represent. All the stuff in my life that I don't let the Lord come in and forgive, to take away. And there are unforgiveness, there are other things. And for me to love fully, I have to be full of the Holy Spirit, okay? So, we're going to use this water to represent the Holy Spirit. In my life, He pours in, He pours in, He keeps pouring in. And I need to be so full that I'm over... The top, okay? And I'm full of the Holy Spirit because it's just bleeding over to everything. Is this picture really full of the Holy Spirit or water? No. We give the appearance to the world like we are, but the world knows difference. They know what real love looks like, okay? And so does God. In the end part of the scripture, it says, we do this all for the glory of Him. Okay, so he's the only one that can take out these rocks and do away with these rocks because we're all sinners. There's not one of us perfect. We all got rocks in our life. If I had more time, I was going to give everybody that came in the service today a rock. I was going to have you hold it during the whole service. And I want you to identify what that rock is in each one of your lives. You might have more than one like I do. Okay. You got your pick. But we're all trying to 
live our life in a way that glorifies God, okay? And the way we live a life is that we look at our life and see what's on the inside of us that needs to be changed. Maybe it's some hard feelings. Maybe it's some unforgiveness. Maybe it's whatever, okay? But there needs to be something done with that. And we need to get rid of it. We call this thing after Christmas. Christmas is family time. I can't tell you how many families come up and say, well, I'm glad family time's over because I can't stand being around them other people. Okay? There's something wrong there, folks. We have to love. And the world will know we are disciples of His the way we love one another. Back in the Old Testament, they didn't have hotels and motels to go to. All right? Somebody had an inn. Somebody had a little bed and breakfast or whatever, okay? But when these people traveled as a Christian, you went and sought out people in that town that would be hospitable to you, that would take you in. They would do that out of the love for the Savior. They don't know you from Adam, but they love the Savior, and they would let you come into their home to stay, to be their guest. Okay? Is that difficult? Do you know God gives a hospitality gift to some people? And He lets those people that have that hospitality gift serve us with hospitality. It's not to make me great. It's to make His kingdom great. It's to make Him great. To glorify Him. Okay? The reason we have gifts, spiritual gifts, isn't for me to look good. Isn't for me to say, hey, look, I can preach God's Word. No. It's for me to help you understand God's Word and get closer to Him and glorify Him through this gift that I have. Okay? It's not so I can look good. Okay? It's not so I can be better than anybody else. It's so I can serve. Somewhere along the lines, I think we forgot these spiritual gifts. We need to use them to serve the body. Okay? We need to serve one another. Be hospitable to one another. Oh, man. I was at Christmas. I was given a sign. This sign. (laughs) It wasn't given to me, but it was given to one of our cousins. It said, attitude's everything. Y'all agree with that? Attitude's everything. Pick a good one. Hmm. Man. How many times do we blame our attitude for something that goes wrong? How many times do we blame somebody else for the problems that we're having in life? We do that a lot. Here it is. When I first got up here, I told, told you I went to the ball game last night instead of doing my sermon prep at that time. I put it off a ways. It wasn't Tracy's prod of me to go. It wasn't the kids prod and dad to go. It was that dad really wanted to go. But I used them 
as an example or as the stumbling block. But sometimes, guys, even us preachers have grumpiness, have uh, things in our life that we have to deal with too. We're human. We're all human. And that's the idea of the rock thing. We all got things in our life today that we need to prepare for the end of time. But, man, I put it off. I don't want to deal with it right now. It's not convenient for me. Well, it needs to be convenient. Because as we're preparing, we're wanting to win more and more people to the Lord at the end. Okay? In the end. And the way we do it is through our love we have for one another. And through the gospel that he gives us. And the gospel is a message of what? He loves us this much. It's a gospel of love. We need to be about that love. In a church body, we need to be a lot about that. The love. There are hard times that come up. There are times when we get mad. Do we need to live mad? Are there times when we disagree with one another? Do we need to live in disagreement? No. Love covers a multitude of sin. If I love you guys, I'm going to love you no matter if you agree, we disagree, or whatever. You're there. You're family. I'm going to love you. Okay? This is in our head that we can't get past this stuff. But we can if we give it to the Lord and leave it there. A lot of times we get to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me of all this stuff in my life. And then we pack our suitcase up and we go back to sit down. And we go out the door. He doesn't want to let you live defeated lives, okay? He wants you to live a full life in Him. Not through your strength, people. Not in your strength. In the Spirit, okay? That came in each one of us when we received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the only way that I can love some of you, okay? No, I can love all of you, okay? I say that jokingly, but I mean it, okay? All right? There are those people that get on your nerves, right? But God calls me to love them too, right? Okay. There's no excuses here. We need to love. We need to love with the love of Christ. Okay? When he was walking around on this earth... They go, ooh, those people got Pharisee. Oh, man, they they just can't be stood. They always think they're right. Did he interact with the Pharisees? Yes, he did. Wasn't always great, but he interacted with them. When he met somebody that was sick, did he interact with them? Leprosy. Yes. He's my example, folks. There's nothing in here that I can't interact with. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the reason that love chapter is in the middle, I think, is because it takes the Holy Spirit to help us love in these times. Right? And we need to be about that. Because the end's coming. Maybe not Him coming back. Maybe about me passing away. I'm not guaranteed the next breath. But I need to be prepared for whatever comes.
Okay? And sometimes you might know a little bit in advance. Sometimes you might not know any in advance. I can't count to you how many times I've been youth pastor around here. How many of these young kids pass away at uh, high school just by freak accidents? Youth, we have this mentality that I'm going to live forever. Wrong. Everybody's gone their time. But love, guys. All right. Let me get my Bible and let's go on. Here it is. We go uh, verse 8. Above all things, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. We just covered that. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Whoa. Without complaining. I can't tell you at the Holloway house, but we like to complain a little bit. I'm just being real with you. All right? It might be Trenton with the trash can. All right? It ain't always, gotcha, I'll get her done. If it is, there might be some mumbling going on underneath that. It might not be me and Tracy and she telling me what to do. Hey, you need to wash my car. You need to go change the oil or do that. Gotcha, hon, I'm taking care of you. Or you need wood on the front porch. Oh, man. Okay? But we need to watch that grumbling and complaining because, hey, what's seen? You all laugh because you've seen it happen, right? But what happens if you had a real love about you? Would it be different? It would. It would change things. It's hard, folks. It's hard. I've been trying to change myself, and it's hard. This sinful nature wants to go right back to sinning. But man, how I want to achieve, how I want to be better. That is what Paul dealt with. We need to see if we can't wrestle with this thing and see if we can't let the Holy Spirit take control and see if we can do a little bit complaining and murmuring and griping because what the world sees is what not the good that's done not all the time well you know those people down at Dorisville this is what they did do you know that one told me something man that kills our witness kills our loving spirit we need to watch I'm out here on the basketball court a lot Love to play basketball. And I'm just so thankful we have a gym to play basketball in here at this church. Because it interacts with good fellowship. Us guys have been praying together and maybe doing a quiet time, a devotional thought before we play basketball. And you know, one of the things that holds each one of us accountable is, man, we're in the heat of the battle of basketball. That we don't say the bad word. That we don't do the wrong thing. Because if we do, we're quick to call each other out on it. And that's helpful. Because, man, I do not want to be a hypocrite. I do not want to be there. But a lot of times I catch myself going, hey, this is what you are. And it's part of that sinful nature that I go back to. 
But I need to understand that with Christ, it will get better. I'll strive. I'm interested to see in my study, First Peter. Peter wrote this thing. You know how many times Peter fell down on his face and said, Lord, forgive me? Look when he went out of the boat. Who was the first one out of the boat? Peter. He was saying, hey, Lord, just bid me come out there and I'll do it. I'll do it. He made two steps and went under. Lord, I'll serve you forever. I won't deny you. There ain't no way I'll deny you. I'll die for you before I'll deny you. What did he do? Denied him three times. And then the Lord forgives him. Says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Three times. And then when four... Peter gets out of there. He goes, hey, what about John over here? He was a human being, dude. We always want to see, hey, I can clean my life up. I could strive harder. But what about so-and-so? They ain't doing it. Hey, don't worry about so-and-so. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. The only person you can change is this person right here. All right? We got to change ourselves. We got to change our heart. And then by changing our heart, it affects everything else. If you have a loving spirit, if you are serving God, it's going to be different. Okay? It's going to affect other people. And we need to do that. Because the end is coming. Right? All right. Here we go. Oh, I had that verse. You want to stand up and read that? Trey, come on down front. This is about being hospitable. The Lord talks about it here in Matthew. Matthew 26. Yeah, I think that's what it is. 31 through 40. 31 through 40. Okay. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Yeah. Uh, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to sorrowful and troubled. Then okay, hold on. You're doing a good job. I think I got the wrong scripture for you. That's the one I already talked about. Matthew 25, 31 through 40. We're just a chapter off. Don't worry. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared you 
for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteousness will will answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. All right. Amen. Powerful scripture. Not one to be overlooked. When did we see the Lord hungry? Man, if I knew it was you, I'd have fed. I I'd have, we took you down to McDonald's. I'd pulled out all the stops. Well, I saw there was a bum. Man, that's the reason I love taking kids on the mission field. When you go to a third world country, man, you see how hungry this world is. How starved they are. We had a little thing in our thing that we got corrected. Hey, Dad, I'm starving. I don't want to hear you use that word. You don't know what starving is. Hey, when did we see him in prison and go and visit him? You know, there's people that live in prison around here that we don't realize. It's called poverty sometimes. It's called loneliness. It's called whatever you want. But, man, we're around these people all the time, and we fail to see that God's given us an opportunity, maybe a divine call to make a difference. It's hard to know. Donnie can testify. We've got people coming in here all the time and say, Hey, I need help. I need help. Sometimes they might need physical help, but a lot of times we're after the spiritual help. And you need to be able to discern what's spiritual and what's not. Have I ever been taken advantage of? I don't know. I felt like a couple of times, you know what I mean? Does that cause me to quit? Does it cause me to say, hey, it ain't worth it? No. Because you know what? When I give out of obedience to the Lord, I get a blessing. If I do it for other people to see, I don't get a blessing. But when I do it for strict obedience, to be obedient to what the Lord's called me to do in my life, Man, the Lord shows up big in my life. He gives me blessing after blessing. He says, do things in secret. Help people out in secret. Don't embarrass them. Help them out. Favorite thing we did, son, on our trip out west. We saw a guy out there. We'll eat for, or we'll work for food. We, go, we don't live in Wyoming. They can't work for us. We're just passing through. We had Tracy get in there and make a couple sandwiches. Mackenzie got some chips. And we went up there and we ministered best we could. That made the highlight of my trip when I was taught my kids how to give a little bit. To, to be a blessing to somebody else. We all can do that. It's not just up to the preachers. It's not just up to the church folks. It's up to us Christians. If you call yourself a Christian, the Holy Spirit's living inside of you. You can make a difference. 
You can do it. Jairus, I see you on the front row here almost. Hey, this guy's a roofer. Do you know that? This guy went up on a roofing project and helped some people out here in Harrisburg. He did good. Mark, Mark, sorry. Mark, sorry. He helped. It was great. Did you have a good time? Oh, you, you, ah, messed you up, man. All right. We do things around here. We do things out of what? Caring for our community. Caring for people. We all can swing a hammer. We all can rip some shingles off. If it gets over too deep, we send Greg out there. And he gets out a load of help. He's got the heavy equipment. We could do those things. But it comes from inside the heart, guys. The love that we have one for another. The abiding love. And that comes from him through the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the gift I want to see you guys put on. As you clean up all this Christmas stuff, as you put away the tree, as you decide what to do with your gifts, what gifts do you really have in life? What gifts do you really own? You know, he says he gives us gifts. If you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you have gifts in your life. Maybe it's time that you start seeing what kind of gift you have in life. There's gifts of service. There's gifts of speaking. We all have something to serve him, to glorify him. It says at the end, we're doing this for him. The end time's coming, but we want to do this stuff for him. He's long-suffering. He's waiting. But we want to glorify God with everything we do because he made each and every one of us. He paid the price for us to be able to serve. He didn't call me to hate. He didn't call me to diss on other people. He called me to love. All right? We need to do it with a loving spirit. Amen? It's something that's missing today. It's something that's going to be missing until he comes back. But we got the power through the Holy Spirit to fulfill this need. We just need to make sure that we live in the Spirit to get it done. Amen? Let's finish this thing up. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're doing great. Here we go. It says, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as who is serving the strength for which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Okay? Big thing here I got in my notes. Big thing here when I got when I was studying. In my marriage relationship with Tracy, I want it to be great. The reason I want it to be great isn't just to please her, it's to please my Heavenly Father. The relationship I got with my kids, I want it to be super. I want them to know their dad loves them. But the reason I want them to know that is because I love my Heavenly Father. Okay? You see that just here? The reason I love you folks out here, the reason I serve here at this church, the reason I do the things that I do is because I want you to see Him in me, okay? I do it to glorify my Heavenly Father. It's not for the pay. It does help, but it's not for the pay, okay? It's to serve my Heavenly Father. 
Actually, I'd do this without getting paid. I hate to tell you that, but I would. Because that's what he's called me to do. Amen? If he's called you to do something, you need to do it. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. It doesn't matter what everything, anything else. I'm doing it to glorify him. And he's going to protect me. He's going to supply my needs. He's going to do it. Do you believe it? I do. Wholeheartedly. He can do it. That is a cool scripture. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 10 or 11, I think. Study it. Read it. Man, awesome. He talks about the end of time. How much trials are going to come. How much stuff's going to happen. But first, we need to pray. Second, we need to love. Third, we need to be hospitable. And fourth, we need to do it for His glory. Amen? Because nothing else matters. Is that I live for Him. I live for who He is and what He is in my life. I live for Him. And I try to glorify Him through these relationships and through these relationships. Because He's called me to each one of those. Amen? Great sermon today. Hard to walk in. Trust me, I prepared it. I had to do a lot of heart examination. Strangely enough, this is just where I've been living the last month or so. And it hurts, man, when God steps on your toes. It hurts when you've got things in your life, these rocks that you need to chuck out of your life so He can fill you more up, get more of the Spirit in you. Guys, we're each one there. If you can admit it today and start working on it, man, you're already getting there. But the bad thing is, I can't do it for you. You have to examine your own life. You have to ask Him what, what it is in your life that you need to change and do it so you can get more of the Spirit in your life and be more loving and affect other people for His glory. So today, as you guys stand, stand. Yes, it's the end. All right. I want you guys to examine what's the rocks in your life. What's the gifts in your life that you aren't using? The only way you find out what your gifts are a lot of times is to experiment. Bill Hybels wrote a book. He said, hey, it isn't always all these gift surveys you need to go about. But just get in there and try something. Get in there. You're at the Mecca of ministry here. Dorisville Baptist. We got ministry going on here. Plug in. Try something. If you like to work with kids, we got tons of them. All right? Want to work with single moms? We got a new ministry now. Hey, God's got a place for you. All you got to do is realize what, what it is in your life that you need to get rid of so he can start filling you up. And so you can start ministering to other people. Be a catching, okay? Let's all bow for a word of prayer. Dear my fathers, we come to this invitation time. Man, I thank you for your scriptures. I thank you for your gifts of the Spirit. I just thank you for this opportunity to share your word. And Heavenly Father, this word doesn't go out void. It should impact each one of us. 
But each one of us have a choice here today what we want to do with it. If we want to take it in and uh, see what you can do, if we want to take you at your word and see if you can do something with our life that we try so hard to make something of, we know that you don't create junk. We know that you create perfect things. And then, my Father, we want you to use us in a perfect way. You can hit a mighty lick with a crooked stick if we just give you the stick to hit it with. You're the creator. Help us to realize that. Forgive us when we fail you, Lord. Forgive us when we take things up and we, man, do it our way. Forgive us. If there be somebody out here today that needs to know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they can find you. And, uh, man, come down front and we can look through the word on how that needs to happen, Heavenly Father, how they need to surrender because of their sin in their life. I just pray that you take this time and make it yours. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.